stubborn. I can't walk by faith. Every day I wake up to some brand new hate. Air ops, air bones, it's on everybody's top. All these stars that I want, most can take. I got problems with some cause I won't be fake. Air ops, air bones, it's on everybody's top. Oh hey, welcome back. Oh, Nissan. <laughs> Bro. Welcome to the We Important Podcast. We have a very fucking spectacular episode here for you today. Obviously, all the way from Japan. A good friend. We got all the giggles in the room. Yo. Man. Kotaro Umeda. Konnichiwa. <laughs> you don't talk like that. No. <laughs> What's up, buddy? What's up, guys? It's Coda. Coda. Fuck, man. This is this is actually really exciting. It's nostalgic. This is nostalgic. I'm I'm gonna fucking when we post this shit, I'm definitely coming with the baby pictures. Just wait. But uh, (laughs) too many fucked up photos. It's always, dude. No, I still got the photo on my fridge. I think upstairs of us during Halloween. Oh, dude. Uh, Man, you're the Jamaican. I'm the gangster. And what the fuck were you? Who knows what I was? Um, Black. Yeah, basically, it was <laughs> it was a controversial uh, costume for the time. A hundred percent. we could probably only black. Could a Japanese Jamaican get away with today? I think it's I funny think how you so. pose as somebody that smoked weed in fifth grade as a costume to this day has never touched a drug. Man. Shout out to you. Well, why haven't you touched a drug? Tell us what you do. It's just, just not in my values, you know? Yeah, but no, no, I'm trying to say, what the fuck do you do? Who are you? Why are you important? Why, why are you, you here? important? Why am I important? Other than the fact we forced you. Yeah. Why am I important? I'm like the Japanese labor camp. Why do we, why do we force you to come do our show? <laughs> that's fucked up. <laughs> Bro, it's America's pastime that's fucked up. That's not, it's not, that's the Jews, not wrong. the Jews serve their time in the Holocaust. Everyone's important. Thank you, Carter. Sure. Sure. Well, and you're you- important because... No, yeah, what the fuck are you about to say? <laughs> yeah, I was going to talk more shit, but yeah, you know, let's right. let's get to it. What are you? What um, is your profession? Are you a professional? A little bit. Oh. Technically a professional soccer player. I couldn't fucking... Like, I read it. Especially on your LinkedIn shit, and I was looking into the team you play for. Even to this day, I can't. I don't. I know I'm going to say it wrong. It's not like a chotch. How the fuck do you say that team you play for? Uh, it's called Joint Villa Sports Club, and it's in Sao Paulo, Brazil. And yeah, it's what I do. <laughs> That's what you do. You play soccer. Yeah, I play soccer. Man, I can you talk about the how you got into playing soccer? What is what about soccer attracted you to it? Yeah, so my dad was actually a, a trainer for a professional club in Japan, and so ever since I was a little kid, I, I was forced to play soccer. So I started playing when I was three, and so I would spend my like Saturday and Sunday nights in 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 the stadium, like in the locker room with the players. I'd just be chilling. Oh shoot! This is before you came over yeah, to the United yeah, States. Yeah, and you know that's where I I, I grew to love, and it was crazy because <laughs> when I was seven, my my dad gave me a base or my mom gave me a baseball bat for Christmas. <laughs> and my dad threw it out the next day. <laughs> so, like, That's hilarious. I, I really didn't have a choice, you know? Right. You were born into it. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Cause I can remember the earliest time meeting you. I don't remember exactly the first moment, but you were always the soccer player. That's just what you were. I knew you was that. You always had a soccer ball at recess. That's what you did. 
and you were like the man. I didn't fucking, I didn't fuck with you back then. I was, I was hating on you, Bader. Cause he's, he thought he was the shit. Cause he could kick balls. So I was like, man. Fuck Dude, this That shit used to scare me. Cause as a first grader, nobody should be kicking a soccer ball 50 miles per hour. Especially at other little fucking kids. Dude, he's and, it, and it wasn't alone. He had another foreign Japanese Chinese kid named Ishii. <laughs> so they had this little it fucking gang. Yakuza was- gang going on. <laughs> yeah, that was my guy, you know? Man. Bro, but like, it, if Kota wasn't kicking the ball 100 miles per hour at your face, then he's passing it to Ishii, who's about to score on you. Yeah, and Kota was the up. bigger foreign kid. I remember, like, when you literally kicked that ball at that little girl's fucking stomach. There was, like, five of us who jumped out the way. Because it's like, yo, he scores. I'm not getting hit by the ball. And it, she, like, this girl, bro, so it was like somebody, like, sounded like somebody got red-bellied. And I, just <laughs> remember, I remember the scream. It was one of those, she got hit. Everybody gasps. Three to five second pause. Then she starts screaming. Hilarious. And I was like, yo, like, fuck that. I'm going to play basketball and football. I'm not stepping on this. It was Coda and Ishi soccer field. You do not step on it. Because <laughs> I was like, bro, like, most of the time, first graders are kicking a ball and staying on the ground. Your ball is getting three, four feet. I'm like, it was going to hit me in the face, and I'm going to be pissed off. And I'm, bro, fuck that. And I remember I played travel soccer with you when I was like eight or nine. And I was like, all right, I was like, all right, like, if I'm going to fuck with this sport and see what it's like. I remember we were playing indoor, we were playing an indoor division. We lit the, we, I think we would lit the fuck out of a ton of teams. This was a travel and premier tournament. And then we're playing in the premier finals. Because I know you played Mayfield, you played Cobras and something else. Yeah. But I remember we lose to some premier team. And But your your thing you said to us afterwards, like, I fucking beat this team with the Cobras. Why can't we beat them? You guys suck. <laughs> I, was, I was like, yo, like, he's not wrong. I remember, like, seeing this kid named Sam crying next to me and shit. And I was like, like. Damn, these dudes take it so fucking serious. I, but like, code is not wrong. I get it. Like, we did suck, and you were on such an elite level that like, when somebody's just so much better than you at something, and they're calling you out for being so shitty at something, you can't talk back. Man, for me, I think it's like you, you right away when you meet him, you just know, like, you get this feeling that he knows what the fuck he wants. Like, I think that's what it was for me. Like, that's what made me come around. I, I, that's what made me stop hating on you. I was like, well, you know what? That's respectable. Like, your priorities have been straight yeah. since you were young. He knew what the fuck he wanted. He's like, yo, this is what I fuck with. This is what I'm going to pursue. I'm going to get better at it. And yeah, that's his inspiration right there, motherfucker. We didn't even, we just started. We're not even it's 10 minutes in. Yeah, 100%. for sure. Yeah, that mama mentality. You just fuck with you, lays it in. But you've had it Always since a like young that. age. Most yeah. people, I feel like, you don't figure out what the fuck, especially. <laughs> Oh, I'm going to be an NFL player. I'm going to play MLB. Like, it doesn't really hit kids till high school. Like, yo, I have the talent. Right. I think you understood at a young age, like, I have to put in the hard work right fucking now. Yeah. So it's going to pay off later on. Like, a lot of people think, all right, I can dedicate it and it focus on one individual sport when I hit high school and put in my 10,000 hours that. No, nah, man, like. Has, has that changed at all over the years? Is it still like that? Is it still, you have to go as hard as you can go to get better every day? Yeah, so, like, I, I sometimes get asked, like, oh, like, where do you see yourself five years from now? Mm. And what I always say is, like, I don't know, and I don't care, because my, my mentality is that I'm going to give everything I got every single day. I'm going to give them 120% each and every day, so five years from now, I'll be at where I am, you know, where I need to be. Right. I like that. The only thing worse than aiming high and missing is aiming low and hidden. And, mm. and that's, the, that's the quote I always keep to myself, so I always just give everything I got each and every day, so... 
five years from now, I'll be where I need to be, you know? You're way more inspirational than my shitty wrestling coach. He's like, Harry, don't go 110%. Just give it 100. I was like, what the fuck are you telling a seven-year-old <laughs> that for? Yeah. Like, I think a lot of people, especially when you're really good in the sport and they know you're a freak yeah. and they weren't, they didn't have your talent of success and they're a lot older, like, as much as adults want to push you, I think there's sometimes they're just little haters. Yeah. Like, ah, like, like, I, there's two types of people in this world. There's winners and there's losers. There's no fucking other way. Yeah. And if you think you get a participation trophy, bro, go fuck yourself. Not and I think the adults that try to tell the young age, oh, bro, winning's not important. Don't, don't be harsh. I remember one of my, I played rec league as a fucking joke. But I remember we're, it's like two to one at halftime. And the coach asked, like, what adjustments should we make? And he looks at me because I'm the all-star of the rec league. <laughs> but I go, yo, take your son out of goalie and put in Alex. He sucks. And he's like, Harry, you can't say that. And he stopped playing me the rest of the game. We got lit the fuck up. And I was like, I had to say something that no one else fucking would. Fuck hurting people's feelings. I want to win. And that's how it should be. And if you think, oh, bro, like second place is all right, why the fuck are you competing? Yeah. I, I mean, Fair I was enough. always competitive. And, like, I guess I was... I was said to myself, like, winning isn't everything. It's the only thing. And, you know, if you want to win, come play with me. If you just want to play, go over there. You know, that that's always the mentality I had. So, I still keep it to this day. Even when we played shit and giggle games in fucking elementary, middle school. Was, you know, intramurals and shit. Like, yeah. I think that brought out the most competitive edge. But I remember we literally fucking, people would bitch. You guys fucking cheated or... It was all types of shit. I I've never considered myself to be comp or competitive, but I did hear some shit. I forget what the fuck I was listening to the other day, and they said something like competition breeds innovation. When I thought of it like that, I was like, "Damn, like that's actually really positive. Like you could use competition in a positive way to, you know, look at things differently, a- approach something differently, like the game of soccer or whatever the fuck you playing." Or whatever you love. And I thought that was really dope. Yeah. So do you, has competition helped you in that way to make you think of new ways to play the game and how to adjust? Yeah, absolutely. I think, well, I always say this, but I think sports is a, is a great way to grow as an individual and as a group. Mm-hmm. And, um, my parents <laughs> did a really good job keeping me straight and I never, I never got arrogant. I was always, I, I still to this day try to stay very humble and, but um, I was just lucky enough. I, I people always tell me like they they tend to compare themselves with other people. I, I was just I think I was lucky enough. I don't have that mentality. I don't really compare myself with other people. So whatever they're doing in their lane is cool. But I'm gonna stay in my lane. I'm gonna do my thing. You know, and that's mm-hmm. the the perspective I've always had, and I still do it to this day. So that's something I, I really I'm thankful for. That's you didn't have like any like major league soccer player like Ronaldo or something. Like I want to be like them. I guess, you know, there's a difference between ins- uh, being inspired by a great player to want to be like versus like people that are almost kind of on a little bit of a higher level than you and comparing yourself to them. Like some shit's like, you know, this is a goal to be as good as them. And other shit's like, you know, they, they got the edge on me by this and I'm better than them in that. And then it starts to fuck with your psych. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm not afraid to lose. You know, I always say, how can I lose when I came here with nothing? You know, because I literally came here with nothing. But um, yeah, I accept loss is good. Like. I say, okay, that guy was better than me. So I'm going to try to take something. How did I lose? What did I, why, what did I do wrong? You know? right. Why did I lose? And so I always try to take bits and pieces from players that are much, much better than me and try to integrate it to my game. But there's not a particular player that, 
I can say like Messi is is phenomenal, Ronaldo's phenomenal. But I want to take some parts from Messi. I want to take some parts from Ronaldo and kind of integrate it to my game. And you know, that's how I do. So, like anybody other than your family, you really attribute a lot of your success to. I know at the end of the day, hard work comes to you, wanting to wake up and grind. But like somebody that like maybe somebody that just motivated you because they said some shit to you you didn't like. <clears throat> You're like, I'm gonna fucking prove them wrong. And at a young age, you're like, Yo, fucking <laughs> <go."> <laughs> let me go uh, after yeah, them. We talked about this already, so yeah, it's so, funny. Um, yeah, we we already talked about this, but um, <laughs> people don't know that we had a. <laughs> Uh, Q, Q was in class with me, but we had a Wildcat <laughs> Focus class, you know, Mr. Voldemort. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, right? And then... Uh, He's actually been talked about on this show one time. I can't remember who said they didn't fucking uh, like him. Probably me. But if you listen back to our last episode, somebody said they loved him. Oh, anyway, yeah, go on. But, uh, yeah, our, uh, the, the goal of the class was... Um, so after high school, I want to blank, and you had to fill in the blank. So some people wrote like... Uh, I want to go to nursing school in Ohio State, or I want to be a beekeeper. Yeah, that was I, mine. I want to you work at an aquarium. No. Like I want to work at an aquarium, feed penguins, or something. You know, whatever yeah, they yeah. wanted. But I wrote like, I want to play D one soccer at a top ten school in the country. And Mr. Voldemort, yeah, came up to me. He said, he said like that's cool and all, but like that's not realistic. So so change it up, Coda. And I look back and I'm like, like what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like like. Like, we understand that, but come on, that's not realistic, so, so change it up, you know, make it realistic. And I'm like, no, I'm not changing it. And we're going back and forth, and he, he gets upset, and he tells me to go out of class and wait until the class is over. Yeah. And I'm furious, and Q's with me, too. And Q's yeah. like, yo, that's messed up. Yeah, I think I got in trouble just for saying that I didn't agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. And it was funny, because you know, things things turn out how, how God, God planned it out, you know? So. Yeah. Did he try to talk to you in the hallway, or did he, like... Class bell rang. You walked the fuck away. No, I just walked away. I was I was very upset. I didn't even wait outside. I think I went to lunch earlier or something. Yeah, yeah. I would have too. Fuck him. Yeah. So, fuck Mr. Voldemort for sure. So did did that have any effect on you? Did that did that stick with you in that moment? Yeah. No, I, I could most definitely agree that that stuck with me, and that's something I'll, I'll never forget for the rest of my life. I think. And yeah. Yeah, it's just funny. It's like. Eh. Yeah, I try not to. I, I try not to work out of hate, but, but that's yeah, one of the but that's just like you know, Bro, hate can be the best motivation though. Here's a sick dude. I know that, <laughs> <laughs> bro. That you see how smooth I brought that shit into. No, dude, bro, see give your me segues. A I mean, my transition something. is great, bro. You got something there. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I got you know, All right. great. All right, don't talk to me like that. All right, shut the fuck up. Anyway, all right. Other than people that I guess pissed you off to motivate you is there somebody that like you can really think of maybe a speech or like somebody that played a big part in you in your development yeah um obviously my family i always say i never say it's my dream i always say it's, it's our dream it's, it's our dream you know but uh it's funny because when i was like 14 or 50 all my all my homies were <laughs> like going out partying getting drunk smoking it was cool like I wanted to do that stuff too, you know, but like obviously I couldn't because I was always traveling or I was had soccer going on. So I'm not sure if you know, but there's a guy named Inky Johnson. He's a motivational speaker, and I was introduced to him by my tutor or by my trainer, mm. and when I was like 14, and his speech just just struck me, bro. Mm. And so Did you I, listen to the first one, like when he got paralyzed and shit. Yeah, yeah, and and it's crazy because his assistant is my mentor now crazy 
And so it's like crazy how the world works. Right. You put in these situations. Like, should you have to see, you, you, did you watch his videos or have you ever gotten the chance to see him speak in person? Yes, I got to see him speak one time and when I was a senior in high school. And it was a blessing, a true blessing. And then I sent him my book and he, he kindly read it and he messaged his assistant. His assistant messaged me. And so we got super close, me and, and his assistant. And that's why I went to, I just got back from Florida. I was, I was spending time with him. He's also a pastor. So he played 10 years in the NFL and he, he's a pastor now and an awesome guy. He's my mentor. He's kind of guided me through life. So that's what's bro, up. It's, it's, well, that's works beautiful. Works crazy dude. way, man. That's wild as fuck. Man. Damn. That's crazy. Yeah, right? Man. Well, us being people that you, who knew you at a young age, I think that we have tons of questions. Just random stupid questions. Like, Let's get it, bro. Like, obviously, like, we all want to know, like, are you going to be in FIFA games? So We just want to know if we can kick the ball as you in the game. <laughs> That's all I want to know. I, my my team's in FIFA, but I'm not, I, I didn't make the roster cut that time. Okay, that, that okay. Year. But we can look forward to it. Yeah. Okay. I hope. I hope. Dude, I'm getting FIFA just for that <laughs> shit. What is that? I've always wondered, what is the average age for, like, the professional level? Uh, like, you know, with MLB, most people make the pros probably 25 and shit. NFL. I think NBA's, you can hit the pros at 19, 20. Yeah, so, like, outside of America, like, people going pro at, like, 16, 17. But in America, obviously, you have to go through NCAA, so it's kind of late. And I don't want to say I wasted a couple years, but, you know, everything planned out the way it did, so I, I have to be grateful, but right. yeah, maybe I was a couple years late. Okay. But no big deal, it doesn't matter. Yeah, you Still know, already. my timing, not, not anybody else's timing. Right. That's wild, because I see a lot, I mean, there's a lot of young players already having success, but like, as if you look back in the decades, as time goes on, athletes are getting better. People at a younger age are starting to develop. There's fucking systems to this shit now. Yeah, oh, yeah. But I, I'll admit one thing. If, if, <coughs> if a team offered me a professional contract when I was 16, I, I will fully admit I was not mature enough to handle yeah. the, the salary, the, 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 I guess, the social media fame or whatever you always want to call it. The business aspect, I was not ready for that at all, so. Yeah. Was that something that they ease into? Did they ease you into that? I guess uh, well, you got time to warm up in college with it. I don't mean to interrupt, but like, yeah, um, you know, I was fortunate enough to go to a big school, right? But yeah, I had to take like social media classes. Um, I had to take like business classes, not like college business classes, but yeah, like sports but, business classes. Yeah. I had to take a social media strategies and an athlete social media yeah, class. I had to do that. I had to do uh, press conference speeches, like what you can say, or can't say in interviews. There, there's just so much to it that's happening off the field that, that nobody really sees. Right. So it's like keeps you keeps you busy all the time because you yeah. gotta do stuff like that. Yeah. PR shit. This this podcast. Yeah, the We Important podcast. We had to book them. Man, but that's crazy. I was gonna ask like with working with the agency and stuff like that. Like, yeah, like everything that has, that goes into that. But you kind of touched on that. That's crazy though. At what age did you get an agent? So is that something that you're starting to touch on in freshman year of college, even high school? No, um, in the NCAA, you're not allowed to work with an agent or an agency. So I, I was completely by myself. But um, the the year we went to the national championship, a couple of agents were already hitting up my dad because they did it through a third party, my dad. <laughs> and my dad was telling me, so I kind of knew what was going on. And so 
a big agency kind of hit me up, and it was an op- it was an opportunity I couldn't really turn down. So that's that's what I took. But I was twenty years old. And that's when you stopped playing for Akron and just decided to. Uh... Yeah. So that uh, was my first season transfer from Louisville to Akron, and this was literally a month before the national championship game. So I had to miss the national championship game mm. to go to Brazil. Damn. Yeah, it, was, it was one of like the most difficult conversations I had to have with my teammates, my coaches. How did Akron do? We lost in the national championship oh, to Maryland. That's crazy. Yeah. That is. You had, so you had to skip out and be like, yeah, like I'm going to play in this professional league in Brazil. Yeah, so I, I wasn't. Like there were rumors going around that they wanted, some teams wanted to draft me and stuff, but. I'm not sure how the NFL or the NBA works, but in MLS, just because you get drafted doesn't mean you get a guaranteed contract. Is that for the United States? You're talking international. No, in in, in MLS in America. Mm-hmm. But um, the agency, or the agency that was put through the the team in Brazil, they 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 offered me a contract right away. It was a guaranteed, so it was an opportunity I couldn't turn down. You know, mm-hmm. and 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 I'm so grateful that my teammates understood me. You know, they were so kind to tell me that you know they would have done the same thing as well. But it was it was one of the hardest talks I've had to yeah. have in, in my athletics career. I think. How did the coaches and everything? How did the coaches respond? Uh, you know, I give props to coach the my coach at Akron. He 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 understood me. You know, obviously, um, they're one of the top programs in the country. So they've had so many pros come come through that program. So he knows how it. the system works. Right. He's had players leave early before, so he knew. He actually helped me out with um foregoing my junior and senior year. He helped me out with. Putting a pause on my degree, it helped me out with everything. So, even like moving out of my apartment and stuff like this. So, it was, he's a good guy. Mm. It was like it as soon as you signed with the agency. How long before you had to move? So, this was like in end of October. Um, I was already getting talk from my dad, and <laughs> it's crazy because. Uh, I I told them before I told anybody at Akron, uh, my teammates, uh, my old teammates at Louisville. Before I told them, I said, "Dad, like I'm gonna go." And he said he told the agency, and the agency said, "Okay, we have a, we have a flight book for you on the 20th of November." I said, "Wait, hold up, <laughs> <laughs> the 20th of November? Like right now? I'm looking at my watch. It's like it's like end of October. I still haven't told anybody. I don't know how." That school is gonna react. I don't know how, how you know the media is gonna react. I don't know how my teammates are gonna react. Oh, too. Hey, you were fucking show up. I'm sorry. It's a good part too, and uh, I was breathing while drinking water. No, you did. But uh, yeah. So I had to. I had like 20 days to prepare. That is crazy. You just have to jump into that shit. Yeah, tell my apartment and, and and everything. And see, I was gonna ask too. Like, I wanted to know how, like, how, like, what part your dad played in the decision making. So you just, but you just kind of made it last last minute on your own. Or did you like dad be like, Cody, like this is you got? Like, I mean, you got this opportunity. Like, you should uh, probably take it. Like, uh, I give props to my parents. They they kind of let me do whatever I want. You okay. know, they 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 supported me. They supported me for whatever I wanted to do. So even during when I was getting recruited for the NCAA, they 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 was cool with whatever school I wanted to go to. You know, they didn't 
care if I wanted to go to UCLA or if it was some school in Florida. They didn't care. So they were cool. And it was, it was just a decision I made, but my, my dad was definitely like, you know, I think it's a good opportunity. Um, mm-hmm. this is something we dreamed of since you were born. Yeah, right. So now in, in your perspective of, of athletics, you know, yeah. you know, so I had like 48 hours to decide. Crazy. Fuck. That's when you imagine. That's when it gets real. She so, gets you together. Teammates are accepting. November 20th comes. Was it a hard goodbye or you're like, fuck it, like, I'm ready to get the fuck out of this bitch? Make Bro, that's the thing, like, <laughs> people people will say, like, oh, like, he went pro, like, all this, but they don't know what goes behind the scenes. Yeah. Like, they don't know the moment. They they wasn't with me when I had to say goodbye to every one of my teammates, goodbye to my locker room that I'll never see again, goodbye to, to First Energy Stadium that I played in, uh, goodbye to, to my school, like, yeah. uh, goodbye to my apartment, my roommates, you know? Like, they don't understand the ride to the airport. Yeah. They don't understand the entire process, the flight to Sao Paulo, Brazil, f- country I've never been, or is, is I've there, been to one time, but a country that I'm not familiar with. Is there doubt going through your mind on that van ride to the airport? Bro, I, I'm going <laughs> to keep it real. I, I was scared, but I, my mom always told me, um, sometimes the fear doesn't go away. You just got to do it afraid. And, 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 and she, she texted that to me. That's crazy. Because I, I was talking to her and you know, I'm not going to lie. I, I teared up a little when I had to say goodbye to my fam. At the airport. Old, you have to leave. Fuck a, yeah. A, a 20 year old kid, you know. Um, and it, it was hard, you know. So, but my mom told me, you know, sometimes fear doesn't go away. You just got to do it afraid. And I definitely took that leap of faith. Damn. Fuck. How, how was, um, like, how often did you go to get, did you see your family when you were in Brazil? When you so, first get out there? It was crazy because I was the only Japanese player, like, in the club, like, history of the club. So mm. uh, it was. I couldn't even like go the culture to shock. Yeah, Which and, and like the way the city, entire city, kind of treated me well, but at the same time, kind of treated me bad. So like there were times where, after a loss, I, I couldn't go to the grocery store. I had to wear a hat, sunglasses. Like you can't hide either. You're fucking Japanese. Yeah, I'm Asian. Like I'm Japanese. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't hide. So, uh, and there were times where I would yeah. order Uber from my apartment. And the Uber, so I'm, you can't see my name when I order Uber. So I order Uber, the Uber driver gets here, and he's like, get the fuck out of here, and just leaves, Took takes my money and leaves. And that's happened to me, like, multiple times. Because you were a soccer player or because you were Japanese? Because I was a soccer player, I, like, especially after losses, like, like soccer in Brazil isn't a sport, it's like a religion. <laughs> like, it's life or death. You have to learn the hard way with the grocery store. Like, is there any incident, like, you tried going out after a loss and they like, tried to hang you? So I was actually shocked because uh, I had a teammate who took me to church. We went to church on Sunday, and we had, we, lo- we had just come off a loss on on Saturday. And he parked his car at church, and we got we were walking out after the mass, and his windshield was shattered. And there was a note left, and it said, "Gotta get a win next time." And and I was like, "What? Damn. Like, what is going on?" He's like, "Bro, like you gotta watch your back." And this was like my first month I was there. I was like, dang, like, what did I just get myself into? Man. And like, yeah, what the fuck? I, I was like, I'll be warming up on the field and people will be like spitting at me, like, like calling me names, like racial slurs all, and all of this. And like telling me like, oh, I hope your mom gets cancer, all this. And just like, that was the biggest 
culture shock that I had, you know, especially I was not, I'll admit I was not ready for that as a 20 year old kid. They know you can't touch them either as a professional athlete. Right. You lose everything. They have nothing to lose except making a big fucking lawsuit. Right. And, and so, um, I actually had a, after like, so that Uber incident happened like a couple of times and there were other times where. Or more than once? Yeah. There were times where I would like get in an Uber and <laughs> the Uber driver, so he doesn't know my name and I'm wearing a hat. I'm always wearing a hat and he goes, Oh, like, where are you from? And I'm like, Oh, I'm Japanese. And he says like, Oh, like I heard on the radio, like we just signed a Japanese player. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> and then he's like, bro, you should try to get to know him. I'm like, yeah, maybe I'll reach out. And I was like, I was just curious. I wanted to know what he thought. So I was like, so like, what do you, what do you think of this Japanese player? He's like, oh, he's going to be shit. <laughs> and I was like, dang, like I need to just get to my spot. And so I got there and I just left. <laughs> So like after that, Damn. the team actually assigned a, 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 a like a driver. Mm. That, Too many incidents. Yeah, there's probably like like six or seven incidents. Any yeah. any like serious near death experiences? Or was like what's the um, farthest someone really got to, to fucking hurting you? A fan or a hater? They did Nobody tried to like physically harm me. It was just verbal abuse, I guess. Mm. But does yeah. that shit bother you? Like it. So when I was younger, like the racial slurs and stuff definitely got to me. There was a time where um I was playing in like a U twelve game, and we were, we were like it was, the game was a tie like one one or something, and I was dribbling, and I was wearing a number ten jersey, and the coach on the other team says like, mark the Chinese kid or don't let the Chinese kid get the ball, and I'm just like bro. And, like, I raise my hand because my coach knows what just happened. And he takes me out of the game. And I'm on the bench crying. My mom is on the sideline watching. She knows because this, is, this has happened multiple times. And she comes over, like, comforts me and all this. And, and I leave the game crying. And that's when I was, like, very disappointed, sad, and, like, questioned my value, my self-worth. But, like, now, like, <laughs> it doesn't bother me because... Like, none of these people know me. Like, you don't know me, you know? Right. Like, and that's the thing I say. Like, people base their judgments based off of what they see. But the shit that makes you who you are are the things that people can't see. Right. So, like, they wasn't with me when my mom had cancer. Like, they wasn't with me when my family literally had to move to America and I had nothing. Literally a book bag. Like, they wasn't with me when I had teachers literally abusing me. Like, like you wasn't with me <laughs> so how are you gonna tell me what my value is you know so that's what i always say like I, it doesn't bother me anymore man that shit's wild man this is such a good fucking episode god damn it. i've always fucking went like i mean just from seeing the shit with the nfl and nba players because like now like fan interactions really heavy social media shows it you see some like, there's a rams player literally walked up to say and said you won't say that shit to my fucking face though and the dude gets quiet like when these professional athletes really approach you like people shut the fuck up but 99.9% of the time you're gonna get heckled and you just gotta let it go by like you can't do shit yeah there was a there was a time actually (laughs) I was warming up and I I hear things obviously I hear I'm a human being I hear shit and uh 
I, I let 99% of things just let it, I let it fly. But this one guy said, I hope your mom gets cancer. And, and my mom did have cancer when I was 12. And it was the toughest time that I've been through in my life. And that's the shit I just couldn't let go. So I turned and I looked and I was like, bro, like, are you serious? And then he just kept going. He's like, I hope your dad gets cancer. I hope your brother gets cancer. And I'm like, bro, I'm a human being just like you. Like, what are you trying to say? Mm. Like, I would never say that to you. And I hope God blesses you with the opportunity to clean your soul because you don't deserve none of that. And like, my teammates literally had to hold me back. And like, I was furious, furious. And, and my, my coach told me to go back, go back in the bench, you know, I was like, all right, whatever. Like, this is messed up. But they know they won when you when they get a response out of you, and that's why yeah, they keep going. Yeah, and it's yeah, like, yeah, 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 for sure. The the thing that pisses people off the most is ignoring them. Yeah, that's the only way to win. I feel like as a professional athlete, but I definitely had to learn it, learn it from the hard way, it's biting the yeah. tongue and like, yo, Bro, I'm bigger it. than that. I gotta be the bigger person. Yeah, can't fight fire with fire. Right, all that shit makes you stronger, man. At the end of the day. The thing that would fuck with me is if I'm an international player, Japanese being my first language, I'm playing in Brazil. Mm-hmm. Somebody, some Brazilian in Japanese <laughs> tells me something. Like he took the time out of his day to, to just learn this phrase. fucked up phrase in Japanese. <laughs> and you hear that shit. Like you get any of that? Like somebody says some shit in Japanese? Yeah, I definitely, I definitely, they try to say it, but it's like, they, they sound stupid. They sound it. absolutely stupid. So yeah. I just don't even bother. 99% of the time, I don't bother. Is there any one? Is so there, if, if it comes out of my family, I'll definitely listen to it. And has, I, it fucking gets me. Has there ever been one that just like you laugh? Because it's like, yo, that's actually pretty fucking funny. That was good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like, <laughs> um, they, I don't know why, but they think like we can't pronounce ours. <laughs> so, Wait, what? Like, as an American, as a Japanese. As a Japanese, Japanese, like they don't think Asian people can pronounce yeah. ours. So they'll say like, so frango is chicken. But they don't think I can pronounce R's, so they'll say like flango, 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 <laughs> and I'm just like laughing. Wow! Because oh like chicken God. in soccer means like you're 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 a pussy, you know? Okay. Damn! But they would say like flango, flango. I just fuck. tap on my teammate's shoulder. I'm like, bro, what are these guys saying? <laughs> that is hilarious. How many people used to come to the games? If you're like, so like, uh, in college, it wasn't that big of a attendance so we played maybe in front of like four or five thousand at louisville and at akron but in brazil my team like we probably averaged like twelve thousand to like fifteen thousand fans a game which is a lot like it's nothing compared like nfl or nba nba game i guess but like to me that was a lot you know like walking out people and the, like them chanting your name is it's cool, you know. Mm. Like damn, like we Especially worked we, we, we worked so hard for this, you know. It's cool. Right. Especially, uh, there's no sweeter feeling than scoring a goal. And I feel like seeing that shit on soccer and the goal, and you have the that whole fucking crazy. crowd like it's quiet. Yeah. Then that shit hits nuts. the net. Everybody lights the fuck up. Like some bomb went off. Yeah, but I, I, unfortunately, I haven't scored yet. <laughs> it, it's coming. As a pro, <laughs> it's coming. Oh, <laughs> uh, we obviously gotta ask you how COVID has affected your schedule and shit. Yeah, you know, because yeah. I'm sure you were in a groove or getting used to everything before this happened. Then yeah. everything goes on halt. Uh, my so my my salary actually was decreased fifteen percent, which was one of the first thing that happened. But uh, the weirdest thing is is was playing with no fans because it's literally like a like a practice match. Yeah, it's like exhibition. It feels like yeah, and if there's no pressure from the fans, like I can like bedoozle you, you know. Mm. 
but it's the it's the pressure when when tons of people are watching you that that kind of kind of so takes you, you off your game. You like not having friends, or you? No, it was just a weird, weird feeling, you mm. know. And you think you did better without fans? Yeah, I did. I definitely played better because there's just it's just like practice. Yeah, there's no pressure on you. You know, just doing shit. But um, but something else that affected me was I was I was, I actually had I tore my quad in preseason. I was out for nine weeks, and and the last time I had an injury of this this uh, magnitude magnitude was at Louisville. So I did the same thing at Louisville my freshman year, but my my parents were able to come visit me. So they would come visit me every weekend, which was huge, you know, like love from family. There's no, there's no better feeling. But in, in, in Portugal, I was in Portugal and they, my mom wanted to come visit me, but my team just wouldn't let her because of COVID protocols. And so I literally had to go through treatment and, and all the entire process, like by myself. And that was definitely Mm -hmm. one of the hardest things that I had to do. Damn. Like in, in in perspective of, of of athletics, yeah, such a weird time. It's fucked up too, without a doubt. Damn. But everything, how's how is everything changing now? Is it coming back to normal? You guys vaccinated and shit. Um, I got my I got my first dose. I got my second dose the day after tomorrow. But that's yeah. that's actually the reason why I came to Cleveland. Got you. To get the vaccination. Yeah. So we got some good ones in here. Yeah, you know. <laughs> you know the clinic. Yeah, you know. Fuck yeah. I heard also like if if you if you tear something, like TJ Dillashaw is a UFC fighter. Like he tore something in his shoulder, and the surgery he wanted to like get it repaired correctly, the United States didn't offer it. So we literally flew to Panama to get a specific surgery from a specific doctor of like who could do this. Like has that when you tore your quad or had to get surgery was did they offer you international doctors or you like have a specific surgeon back in the United States? Yeah, so I tore my quad, and but it's a whole different story. I I was always battling a groin injury ever since I was like twenty, and it's been ongoing for years and years. And and so my team wanted to release me in January because I wasn't playing well, and. My contract ran until end of April. So my agent was like, listen, your team doesn't want you, but this team in Brazil wants to sign you. But get your groin fixed right now. So I flew to Tokyo. I had surgery. And because my parents didn't trust the doctors in Portugal. So I flew to Tokyo for a surgery. And I did my recovery process there. And yeah, now I'm feeling good. What part? What's uh this this end of April? Will you still be in Brazil? Just a different city? Like how this? Oh no, no, I'm talking about like this year. So like at the end of oh like two like four days ago. Yeah. Holy shit! So okay, okay. So the team in Brazil signed me um in middle of April. But they they had to wait until my contract ended, so that so it's not official until I mean obviously I, until I get there. But how far is it from the city you're playing now, or is it the same city? Just it's, it's the club? same exact team. They they show me they always show me love, bro. Wait, I'm so fucking wait wait wait. wait. So it's, uh, you're talking about the same club resigning you at the end of your contract? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I was confused. 
I thought you were saying like another club in that city wanted no, to sign. So the the team I signed with in uh, straight out of college, I was on a two year contract. The first year I was playing, and then the second part of my year they they traded me to a team in Portugal. So I was I played there for one year, and then I I was doing pretty good. So the team in Portugal was like, we want to sign you again, and so they signed me back. That's- Ah, all right, all right. Now I get it. They must fucking. I mean, I, how many people honestly wear Ronaldo jerseys out there? Especially I was in Portugal. So yeah, so I, I've got kicked out of a restaurant because I said Messi's better than Ronaldo. <laughs> get the fuck out! I swear to God. <laughs> Dude, they don't fucking play around. That shit is hilarious. Yeah. Yo, what? Dude, that's- I, I stand by that belief. I think Ronaldo's phenomenal. I think he's he's amazing. I respect him tremendously. But when it comes to natural skills, messy, bro. It's all right. I wasn't saying it, trying to be funny. I'll no, be you're being serious. Yeah. And Messi's also considerably a, a lot smaller than fucking Ronaldo. So imagine the kind of damage he would do at that size. Yeah, exactly. Crazy to think about. Like motherfucker, I mean, bro, Ronaldo's got like 128 million followers on Instagram. Like that motherfucker's, what? he's probably Jesus out there or something. I know I probably shouldn't do a religious thing. I'm Jewish. I don't give a fuck about Jesus, whatever his so name loud, is. Damn. Ah, it's whatever with me. This Messiah Carpenter dude. Anyway, so Cody, you wrote a book. Yes, sir. Let's talk about your book, man. <laughs> yeah. So, um. <laughs> A lot, like like you said earlier, you know me for what I am. You know, well, you know me for who I am. But a lot of people know me for what I am, but not for who I am. So, right. like, they know me as, as just dribble your ball and stay yeah, in your lane, yeah, bitch. Okay. They know me as as the athlete that I am. But I've had other ambitions. I, I've had other dreams other than just playing pro. You know, so I've wanted to become an author, and that's been a lifelong dream of mine. And and I quickly learned that everyone has a uh, has a voice, but not a platform. Right, and and when I, uh, you know, I don't want to be arrogant or anything, but when I first reached pro, I kind of realized like I had a small platform that I could use, and so I was like, oh, this is a great opportunity for me to write a book, which was always one of my dreams, and I never wanted to write for the audience; I wanted to write for myself, mm-hmm. and and that's just how it played out, and I was blessed uh, blessed enough to have an amazing. Can you explain what you mean by that, please, as well? People understand what you mean, like you were writing for yourself, you weren't writing for the people. Yes, I wasn't writing to entertain the audience. If the audience didn't like my book, that's okay. I wanted to write because I wanted to write, you know? Okay. And and like I said, I was blessed enough with, with to have a great editor that I'd, I'd known at, at the University of Louisville. Um, my agency was able to get into contact with a book agency who helped me a lot. And, and so I was just really lucky to have everything aligned, you know? That's what's up. That's so crazy. And I know a lot of your, is it a lot, majority or a good amount of your proceeds do go to United Way of Cleveland. Can you talk about like why you got involved with that specific group? Because I know they used to be part of our school and shit. Yeah. So uh, um, 100% of the proceeds go to United Way to support uh, like racism and low income families. And that was probably because I've always just wanted to help out. And this city obviously gave me so much, and even when I had nothing to offer. And, you know, I came here with nothing, but this, this city raised me to be be who I am. So I've always wanted to just reach out and help. And, and I'm so lucky enough to be the brand ambassador for United Way now. And, and it, it, like I said, it works out. Man. Which is so wild. 
Uh, is there is there a sense of responsibility behind that? Do you feel uh, like a role model? Um, I don't want to say like a role model, but I do. I do feel a little bit of responsibility when it comes to like how I behave, especially how I behave in the public in my private life. You know, I always try to stay professional as possible. You mm-hmm. know, and and also on social media. You know, everything that I want to post has to go through my agency. I'm not allowed to post whatever I want. And, you know, I, I have strict guidelines that I have to live by, but, you know, it's, it's kind of like the life that I chose, right. you know. Gotta abide by the rules. Fucked up when you get to that kind of level. That is true. I think I have one more thing to ask. While Before you hit there real quick, while we're on this, you have to follow the terms and agreement of agencies and shit. Probably using the wrong term here. More using how the NFL and NBA players have stated that the owners make you feel like slaves. But, like, do you feel to a level that you've we talked about this on the last one just you know signing with certain organizations do you feel in a way you have to kind of sell your soul to the devil yeah that's the thing so um when i first signed my contract i had a lot of offers from sponsors and, and organizations they wanted me to be whether it's an athlete that represents their program or whatever it may even be a clothing line you know and one one thing I, my, my my dad always told me was never sell yourself out. I never wanted to say, I, I, so I wasn't allowed to say yes to everything. You know, I could have said yes, 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 yes. And handed out yes is like it was nothing. But I had to, if I do that, I would have lost my value, I thought. So I, I had to pick and choose. So I, I only work with organizations that, that I believe in. And I only work with organizations that have the same ambitions and the same perspective as me. And, and so that's kind of helped me. Stay true to myself. I never want to be someone I am not, you know. Mm-hmm. And then in comes that fucking dark side of the business a lot of people don't understand as an athlete. Have you, are you the type that, do you have a lawyer or maybe your parents or your agent or maybe even you that reads through the contract word for word? Yeah, that's that's what my agents, agents do. Like, that's their job as well. They tell you everything you should know about what the fuck you're getting into. Like, bonuses, um, contract renewals, negotiations, and all of that. Everything has to go through them. It's a crazy fucking world. That I, I think a lot of people can be sympathetic, but only the few can be empathetic to truly... Like, only a professional athlete could truly understand what the fuck you have to go through daily. What, how you have to watch what comes out your mouth, what you type. Yeah, not letting certain sh- your anger take over. You know what's funny? Yeah, I'm just kind of regretting that. I swear, like a couple minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, we're not gonna believe it out. <laughs> no, we can fix it if we if we need to. We're not trying to lose no sponsorship, Look, man. We, we're we're about authenticity here. Yeah, we are. I'm just being me. You know, you know what I mean? And we support you being you because you know. We know that you're in situations where you don't get supported as yourself a lot. You know what I'm saying? But we here for you on the We Important Podcast. You know. day one, literally. You already know. Since yes. day one. You know that. I, th- I think it's important for you to be able to express yourself because if you get trapped in this fucking box of having to follow all these fucking rules, like you say, like you just said, like, I can't remember what, something about your thought. You lose your, uh, I can't, what the fuck did you just say? I, sorry. <laughs> I, I just like that you lose... <sighs> You can't be Kotaro anymore. You have yeah, to be whatever the fuck people shape you to be. Mm-hmm. Like you were, like I remember we posted on your story like two months ago. Like stay in your lane. Some dude messaged you. Stay in your lane, Kotaro Umeda. Just dribble your ball. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'll, I'll just get a lot of hate, but um, it's something you just kind of have to accept, you know. But I never want to 
lose my identity. I never want to be someone I'm not because that's when I'll become sad and not happy, you know. Right. What did you say to make that person? Is this just a normal hate message or like, is there something? You no, so I, I just posted on Instagram, like I got to do, I had, I had an opportunity to do an interview with, with the Washington Mail about my, my platform and speaking up for racism towards Asian Americans. And I just posted that on my, on my Instagram and, and I got a lot of love, but at the same time, I got a lot of hate. Too. A lot of backlash. Was this right around that incident in Atlanta? In the two uh, salons. Yeah, yeah. So it was actually like a couple of weeks after that. And and so it's actually a crazy story because my agent actually called me and was like, hey, the Washington Mail wants to do an interview with you. I was like, yo, that's crazy. Like, that's the Washington Mail, you know? And then, but I was also scared because it was the first time in my life where I had to do, where I had to speak up to the public on a topic I wasn't educated on. You know, every other public speaking opportunity I had was about soccer, which I know the ins and outs of, you know, right. when it came to racism, I, I didn't know how to talk what, about it. what to say. I didn't know, like, what can I say mm. and what can I not say, you know? And and that's when I, I called my mentor, you know, he, he helped me out. He's like, just, just be you, you know, don't, don't sugarcoat anything. Just be you. White people suck. Yes. That's what said. So <laughs> I was just, I was just being real, you know, yeah, I, I, yeah. I was just like, you know, like I just want to be a help. Um, no, no one deserves to go through this and all that. And, and I just posted it. <laughs> and people was hating. Crazy. But people was loving too. People was hating too. Ain't it, ain't it backwards as fuck that like somebody can give you backlash for standing up for racism? To like, yeah, or how are you even coming at me like to say shut up and play a sport when I'm just like, yo, like don't, don't discriminate yeah. against these people for no reason other than they're not the same as you. I'm pretty sure the Senate, from the same I, place I you. think the Senate just passed a bill that actually any crime towards uh, an Asian person is a hate crime now. I'm, I'm almost positive of it. At least it, it, it might, I'm almost positive it got passed. And that's good. You know, like following those, through all the fucking chaos, you can find the peace, which is that. But it's like, now that's the thing. Hey, white supremacy is. There's not, no, is there's no one for terrorism. black people though. That's the fucked up thing too. Hey, we'll I get can, into that I can conversation. I beat you up, and it's just an aggravated assault. I beat up Coda to hate crime. Do you feel less of a person? Harry, shut the fuck up, man. <laughs> <laughs> I need a Harry, shut the fuck up button. I'm gonna invest in that shit. I'm gonna have Elon Musk make it. Like, I can pull like hate. I can pull. Yeah, a, I can pull a hate crime if somebody hits me for being Jewish. <laughs> Harry, shut the fuck up. All right, fuck. Um, Carter, my last question before we get into the segment is: uh, the Great ladies, the ladies want to know, you know, who you laying down with these days. That's it. They just want to know who you putting chocolate sauce on. <laughs> we know he's a big fan of chocolate sauce. <laughs> <laughs> you got you got Brazil shorties or something. Well, I'm definitely not in a position where I can handle a relationship right now. Mm. You know, I'm always. Don't we all say that, I'm, man? I'm right? Am I right, boys? <laughs> <laughs> Smoke but. my cigar, okay? But uh. <laughs> <laughs> goddamn, have you had interactions where they're like, "Oh, you're a soccer player," and try to get me pregnant? <laughs> Come on, man. Yo, you don't know. I mean, you're saying down there in fucking Brazil that, like, that's, I mean, bro, that shit is religion out there. So girls are probably like, yo, I'm getting 
filled up by Jesus. Chill. <laughs> I'm filled up. Man. <laughs> I'm dead. Bro, I'm you know, I'm just being honest. So how do you stay away from like you know you can't you can't worshippers. Uh, shut up. You 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 say you can't handle you don't think you can handle racist but how do you stay how do you stay away from it? How do you stay away from like, you know, yeah, like how he's saying, like the groupies. You got groupies? They got the team got groupies, right? They just like Like, you know, those like You didn't see those alright, there's this the Phoenix Suns had these they were on no jump. You know these two girls off no jumper, they sucked off the whole Phoenix squad and then they did amazing. After a loss, there's some you know putas you toss around. Hang around the bus and see, trying to see what's up with the players. Well, it's funny because because Louisville had one. Had one. Yeah. For the I team. I don't know. I, I, I never got interaction. But you remember? With, with yeah. Her, she had a notorious. She was. Notorious. 2015 stripper scandal back in 2000 with the basketball team. You remember I'm that talking, shit? In Louisville. Yeah, they had the whole fucking thing behind it. Um, that's why I couldn't take no official visit. Damn. And that's why they investigated. They thought a 17 year old was having sex with strippers. Wow. Well, but I mean, like, I feel there's a good amount of groupie. I mean, you're at a, one, you're at a professional level. Two, soccer out there is huge. But everyone has like wives, like older guys. Like, uh, I was one of the younger guys. Because you know? people have morals out there. Okay, more. right, right. Okay. Are morals better? Out there, they're really Catholic, which I respect tremendously. Mm-hmm. But yeah, a lot of guys have wives, even kids. So, I mean, there's different guys that 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 go out all the time and stuff, but. Did they think because you're from America, you, you're scummy? I know it's like how when I went to Israel, it was like that. Yeah. Like Italy thinks we're peace. Women, American women are whores. What do they think about you? They're like, what? Are you looking at me? Are you looking at him? I mean, both of you guys. Like, what, do you, what is Dude, this? I've never been. When I got to Israel, they're to, li- one, they thought the I was dumb because I was American. They thought um, I was a bit racist because I was white and Trump was our president, which was weird. That was really fucking weird. Yeah, I love racist. But, but I don't know. A lot of the Israeli women are like, oh, I love your accent. Like, they thought I was just this dirty Jewish ginger that, like, would get down with the shits. I mean. Were they wrong? To a degree. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, what was the fucking stereotype followed behind? I want to more focus on being an American. But, you know, obviously being a Japanese American where you were. Yeah. So, it's funny because um, you might not believe it, but McDonald's is, like, an elite restaurant in Brazil. I totally fucking see it. Wait, like they wait, wait, like, wait, like high class? Quality? Like high class, bro. It's expensive, too. And like Burger King is expensive, too. Did you eat a nice McDonald's in Brazil? I I, I don't eat that stuff, but okay. like... Right, that shit is of quality when, when it's a different country. When... I wanna bro, know. like McDonald's... Like it's a real burger out there. I lived in Portugal, and the most beautiful McDonald's in the world happened to be in Portugal, and I went to it. And bro, it's, a, it's literally like a five-star restaurant. Like, like, servers come up to you, like, like you know, chandeliers, bro. <laughs> I can't imagine. Aren't they like that here? Like seats, they'll pull your seats out for you. Because McDonald's has become that thing over here that if you can't, if you live below the poverty line, it's the only thing you can afford to eat. Yeah. But all right, so back to the thing of what what's the stereotype when you fucking get out there, like Bro, being a Japanese American. So when I tell them like, yeah, I lived in America, they're, they're like, oh, like burgers, pizza, like fries, school shootings. That's uh, all they say to you. Like that's what they attach to being American. And they're, they're different. Like oh, like I love NBA. Or like hmm. they're like um, LeBron James. Yeah, Drake. 
Yeah, but they had like that type of stereotype. No, like history. No, like they think Americans we... are intelligent. Like none of that. Well, I mean, the idea is most Asian people are intelligent, so you probably weren't yeah, put they, into they that. Thought, like I was very intelligent and stuff. Any of them that were like fucked up, like you could laugh at. Like most people think Jews are cheap, and I laugh at it now. <laughs> but like any of them, like like yeah, like chill the fuck out. And everybody thinks. I don't want to start. I don't want to start rifling them off because <laughs> I don't want to look like a dick and think these, this is what goes through my mind when I see a Japanese person. <laughs> oh my god! I, I've definitely heard everything. I think. Like yeah. I, I don't. You have go, less peripheral vision than the normal yeah, person. Like I, <laughs> I haven't come. You eat dolphin. I haven't oh come god. through a day where like I haven't heard like I have something I've not heard already. Like oh, do you eat dogs? Huh. That's why I asked when you got here. Have you eaten guinea pig? Because I know they eat guinea pig in parts of. They South really America. asked him that. Nah. Good thing we're friends. What's wrong with eating a guinea pig? I just thought it was a weird question like to ask. It was like the first thing you said I've to ever him. It was rice in rabbit blood. And how did that taste? And it's like a traditional meal in Portugal. And I thought it was like rice and tomato sauce. So I was eating it. And my teammate was like, yo, that's rabbit blood. <laughs> I thought he was messing with me. And so I just kept eating it. He showed me a video of like literally They're making like it? chopping off like a rabbit head and then like letting the blood like sh- like drip. Whoa. And I'm like, like, wait, wait, it can't be. It's not like, is it like 50% rabbit blood, 50% tomato paste? Or like, <laughs> bro, it tasted like tomato sauce. Nah, dude, it's all sauce. blood. And, and supposedly it's all blood. And there's duck meat in there and like some confusing meals. Was it good? I mean, now that I know what it is, I can't order it, but. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. Did it smell like iron? Did it taste yeah, like, did yeah, it taste it like iron? It did. It had a funny smell. That's oh. why I knew like he was low-key serious. Damn. But when he showed me the video, it did justice. I was like, okay. All right, this is the last question. I want to hit the, the yeah, point. Yeah. This might be a little bit fucked up. Or no, I, I don't want you to ask it. But I want to ask it. The most common fucked up crime here is probably school shootings right now. It is a big thing that's hitting the news. Like, you know, the number one thing for mass media that they want to dwell on in terms of like people getting killed. Like the one that really hits the TVs the hardest is school shootings. What the fuck's like the big thing they report on out there? Um, abductions like i know it's a dark fucking topic too much tv but like yeah definitely like school shootings or like maybe like attacks like always something violent you know is there cart is there a lot of cartel shit down there or anything in brazil or portugal (sighs) i guess all the above like you know yeah brazil there's there's a lot of like neighborhoods i wasn't allowed to visit not already like even drive past Hmm. but yeah that's wild so it's always here. They don't call them ghettos and they call them slums, right? I don't know. At least, at least how, like, I know for, you went to at Rio. Least I know that from watching Fast and Furious. Like, you went to, no, no. They just, <laughs> you went to Rio for uh, the Olympics to go wash and shit, right? No, I went for the World Cup. Was it for World Cup? Yeah. It's kind of around the same. When, what year was the World Cup out there? 14. Was it 14? But I know when they were building, when they're setting up for the 2016 Olympics. So, like, is. You know, the Olympic, I've actually talked to a few wrestlers about this and shit, and even a figure skater. There's like the Olympic village, right? Specific countries, specific yeah. areas, but everything's boxed into one fucking thing. So they had to build these walls and literally on the other side of the fucking wall was the slums. Really? Like literally on the oh, other yeah, fucking side, bro. That's crazy. And it's like, what goes on? I was like, <sighs> certain people heard shit. Other people try to climb it. Like what went outside? What goes outside those walls in the slums is like, bro. Like, 
the most fucked up shit. Shit you can only see on the dark, dark web. Yeah. <laughs> now they say, <laughs> you know, we really only have access to like 10% of the internet out here. Download a Tor browser. And see the world. I swear to God. All right. Let's keep moving. Carter, we're going to go into the most important hot take where you get to just let us know about an unpopular opinion maybe you got. like Something that needs to be spoken up about so people understand. like Can understand a little bit more about who you are. And your mindset. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> uh, I, I'll actually say, uh, I heard a phrase one time said, and it means like, I am a human and nothing human is alien to me. And so what that means is, so we have to widen our perspective. So like you said, when there is a school shooting, when there are terrorist attacks, our first thought is like, oh my God, how, how can they do this? How terrible is that? Like, what a shame, you know? But we have to realize that they too are a human being just like us. So we have to accept that whatever whatever thoughts that they had in doing it, we have to accept it. Oh, I'm a human being. I could have done the same thing, you know? Right. But let's look at the other perspective of when we talk about like Martin Luther King, uh, Rosa Parks, Malcolm X, and people like that. We say like, wow, like there those was. people are phenomenal. Like I could never do that. Once in a generational talent. Yeah. Like that. And, and the thing we have to realize is they, they, they too are human beings just like us. So we are also capable of doing that. So when you have that mindset, whatever you see in this world that God gave us, we you accept everything. So when you see a homeless man, you say, okay, I, I could have been there too. When you see a CEO of a company, you say, okay, I can, I can be there too. And then impossible becomes nothing. Kind of reminds me of like all men are created equal, some work harder than others. Yeah, absolutely. Crazy. You were saying, I remember before we got on here, you were one thing we discussed is just because you work hard, nothing's guaranteed. Yeah, that's also something I, I believe. Um, when you, if you want to succeed, hard work must be. It's it's a must. You know, there's no shortcut to it. You must be a hard worker. <laughs> when you get the top one percent, everyone everyone's working hard. You know, late nights and early mornings. That's a, that's a must. But to be successful, everything has to align. So you have to have you have to be at the right place at the right time. So not only do you have to work hard and take your body mentally, physically, spiritually to the limit, you have to meet the right people, be at the right place, and have the right people watching you to become successful in whatever you want to do, whether it's being a professional athlete, being a music artist, being a wrestler, whatever you want to do, you know? And and that's what I believe. Just because you give you 10,000 hours doesn't mean all 10,000 hours were fucking hard work and... I mean, shit, man. I look at it big. Like, anytime you miss out on an opportunity, you can't make up for it. Like, you just you lost that opportunity, and the next day is another day. Yeah, absolutely. And and I always say, like, uh, not all who work hard are successful, but all people who are successful are hard workers. Fuck yeah. And and I learned that quick, especially when I especially when I went to Louisville. You know, everyone's you have the best athletes in the world, yeah. not just in America. They're just focused. They all want the same thing. I, I thought it was crazy when I got to college. <laughs> and there's people who... I'm a big believer in hard work beats natural talent. But as soon as natural talent decides to work hard... Game's over. Yeah, it's crazy. And I would see kids that got to Division One level that just weren't athletes, but fucking had an engine that never stopped. And I was like, yo, like I, I want to be like him. Like, that's crazy. And then I'd see another dude 
who God-given talent did not fucking work hard. But if he wanted to pick up the pace on that extreme, the hardest work in the room, bro, he'd make him look like a rag doll. And it was like, I was like, like that's, there's some shit you just don't have control over. Like you're like literally natural ability, your fucking genetics come into play at a certain point in the game. I want to tell, I try to tell the younger kids I work with wrestling, like, oh bro, like you can do anything you want. But I try to tell them like at a certain point though, like your size has come into play. Yeah. Your fucking muscles. Like some some people have ACLs are like fucking tree trunks. Yeah. Others fucking just they're weak glass yeah. bones. Shit's gonna catch up to you. I'll, I'll tell you a crazy story. So my freshman year at Louisville, um our our off season technically the first uh, six weeks of the second semester, so January and a little bit of February. And that's when all my teammates like went out, you know, went to clubs and stuff and made made friends. But like, I didn't really, <laughs> and it was probably bad of me, but I was kind of like not very social. So I was just really focused on like putting in the work. So it was like, it's probably like 1 a.m. on a Saturday night. And I just decided to like grab my cleats and, and head to our indoor facility to go work out. And I'm walking past clubs, I'm walking past bars and like every, it's lit, lit, bro. like it's Louisville, mm-hmm. you know, like. Jack Harlow, like Bryson Tiller, like all these guys are at parties and stuff. Like it's lit. And I get to the indoor facility and after certain hours, no one's allowed in except for the athletes. Not even coaches, no, no media, uh, journalists, no one. But the, but the field lights are on. I'm like, yo, like who's here? And I walk in and it, and it's, it's Lamar Jackson. And it's probably, it's about 1.30 in the morning by now. And this man, <laughs> this man's in full sweat. Like going, going, it's him and, and, and it was his friend, uh, Jair Alexander, who also went on to become a uh, first-round draft pick. And he played for the Packers right now. But, like, these two were going at it, like, full speed. And that's when I was just, like, realized, like, bro, like, this is real, man, you know? And uh, that, was, that was the story, like, I'll, I'll – and so when I was – when he entered the draft and I was reading all the NFL scouts, what, what the scouts were saying, like, oh, he's not built for a QB or he has to be a wide receiver to play – in the NFL, I was just like, bro, if only if you if only you knew, man, if only you knew how much work this man was putting in. Look at me, got fucking NFL MVP year two, I think year two we got it. I mean, the dudes, even to this day, they still talk shit about it, but like, it's not human, man. He's a freak. But that's got to be so crazy just to fucking walk into that. It's- yeah, and, and like <laughs> we had lunch together, so it was it was crazy. And I was a freshman, and in in our lunch facility. For, for the athletes, we have a big jumbotron in our, in our cafeteria, and so soccer and football had lunch together, and <laughs> and on on the jumbotron was like ESPN Sports Center or something. They were saying like, oh, like Lamar shouldn't win the Heisman because of this and that, and I hear someone behind me say like, nah, fuck that, <laughs> and I like turn around and it's Lamar. I'm like, oh, that's crazy! Like I'm watching him on Sports Center, he's right here. Like that was one of my like first like, I said like, how do you say? Uh, uh, like Hollywood moments. Yeah, I was like, bro, that's Your crazy. Star kind of. Yeah. Oh man. And mm. that year, like we had a like Louisville uh, ceremony for the student athletes, like award ceremony. Oh, all right. And and Louisville doesn't have like an NFL team or NBA team. They call so, like, like the Cardinal Awards or some shit. Yeah, the Louis. We call it the Cardinal, okay. the Louis. And it was so like we don't have NFL team or NBA team. So Louisville Cardinals is like 
the sports team of the town, you know? So it's like a big event, like red carpet, like all this. And so there's a freshman athlete of the year award, sophomore athlete, like every class. Mm. And the nominees for, <laughs> I remember the sophomore athlete of the year were like, uh, my teammate Tay Schmidt, he went on to get drafted and he's playing in MLS right now. Uh, Kelsey Worrell, she had just won the gold medal at Olympics in 2016. What? For swimming. Yeah. Uh, for Mallory me? Comerford, she won the national championship in swimming. She beat Kelsey. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brendan McKay, who was the number one pitcher, number one batter in the country at that time. And he went out to get dressed like number three overall. Uh, Lamar Jackson and Donovan Mitchell. Those were the Crazy. nominees, bro. At that time, I'm like, all right, it's whatever. Uh, Brendan McKay. The pitcher in the batter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at that time, I was like, all right, cool. And then, then like, it was, it was actually, like, last year, I think. My my, my friend from Louisville, he, he also just got drafted. But he, we were talking on the FaceTime, bro. I was like, bro, like, have you ever looked at that, that pamphlet that they gave us at, at the 17 Louis? I was like, no, what's up? Like, like, bro, go look at the nominees. And I was just looking. I was like, "Bro, that's crazy." <laughs> that's that why, man. Dog, so, this shit's gotta be so fucking crazy to see all those people hit the board. Well, first off, like, but at that time, like, Donovan wasn't a nobody. Like, he was in my communications class, and yeah. like, he was a nobody. And, like, he was a cool. Like, he was my bro. You know, yeah. like we did projects together, stuff. And but you didn't see him going on to be. He 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 didn't. He wasn't supposed to enter the draft. Like right. Rick Pitino told him not to enter the draft because he wasn't ready. He's like, no, I'm gonna go, and he went, and now <laughs> he is who he is, you know. Freak, dog. I just think it's all right. First of all, when you bring up an Olympic champion, that's nuts as fuck to me because I know you can't accept the money, which is hundred. It's either one hundred fifty or two hundred fifty thousand dollars when you win an Olympic gold medal for the United States. You can't accept the money if you go on to be an NCAA athlete. Really. Yeah, oh, you, you, no, you can't get paid. Yeah, you have to sit out on it. You can get the money once you finish up college. Dang. So to decide to do that, because NCAA athletes aren't paid, <laughs> 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 you know it's, it's it's fucked up. I don't know for sure if your family can accept the money. Like I don't know what degree it works, but it, it's kind of crazy to think like, bro, like what you win Olympic title the. The most prestige. Yeah, like there's nothing higher to the claim of fame other than being maybe a world champion again, back to back years. But like you win a, every four years, you win the Olympic title, and on top, when you compete at the Olympics, there are a lot smaller uh, brackets for any sport than worlds. Like worlds is every fucking year, then the Olympics is once every four years. I know for wrestling, like the worlds is 32 people, Olympics is like fucking eight or 16. Same shit where. Uh, isn't the World Cup bracket significantly larger than the Olympic bracket? Yeah, so there's 32 teams. And in the Olympic, I think there's 12. Like, that's, so, like, there's levels to this shit. So, to win an Olympic title and then decide, like, I'm going to win an NCAA title. But to also not win it and lose to your teammate? What the fuck are you doing? Like, I mean, no offense, sir. I mean, I'm sure there's certain things that come into it. You know, I, like, at the end of the day, like, I want to have a normal life. But the thing was, uh, Mallory, the girl that won the national champ, she was selected for the Olympics for obviously for last year, which was canceled. So like she had that talent. She was young, getting you know. Are you gonna go to Tokyo for the Olympics this year to go watch? Uh, so 
when I first signed, so soccer and Olympics is U23. Wait, 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 wait. You can't compete in the Olympics if you're like 19? No, no, you have to be under 23. Oh, like, wait, wait, wait. Because if it's not, it's a World Cup. You know? So you tell me when Germany fucking won it. and So everybody that was on that Brazil team from 2016 was all 23 and younger. You're allowed to have three over the age players. And so they chose like Neymar. But yeah, it's U23. So. Uh, I always dreamed of playing and being in the Olympics. And the cutoff day was 98 for 2020. So for the 2020 Tokyo Olympics, the cutoff day is 1999 born. And I'm 1998. So I made I made the first round trials for Japan. And so they, they were going to select out 150 players. That This is when I first uh, signed pro. So they, they, they had me in the player pool. And after the first round of trials, I, I was cut. And so I was heartbroken. But, you know, there were guys... Who were big name players? I kind of knew it was coming, but you know, just you have to let that fuel you rather than kill you. You know. Damn, how many people make the Olympic team? Uh, it's a twenty-three man roster. Same as is that the same size for the team you play now, or no? Like the team I'm playing on right now is thirty man roster, but for for games it's eighteen man roster. Jesus fuck. Gosh. Do you think there's anything bigger than winning an Olympic title? Like if you if if you have to look at. Like, I don't want to say like you have a, a top of the ladder goal because once you accomplish that, it's like, what the fuck is next? You know, I want to be a world champion, but it's even tougher to, you know, defend that throne. Like, is there something to use? Like, I want to be able to look back in my soccer career and say, I, I, I achieved this. Yeah. So when you talk about athletics, it, it comes down to winning and lo- wins and losses, you know, and I always identify myself more than an athlete, but when it comes to athletics, I've always wanted to, you know, make a national team roster. I've always wanted to, to play in a World Cup and stuff like that. But I'm someone who, who who's never satisfied. I always want more. And so there were times when, when I would be really down, where I would be depressed, sad, and just just not be myself. And my mom would say, like, listen, like, you accomplished all of this. You accomplished this. You accomplished that. But to me, it's like, that means nothing to me. Like, yeah, I achieved all these accolades, but... <laughs> that's in the past the past means nothing to me you know so i'm just i just want like okay i want this now i want that and i always just want to like be better i always want more you know makes sense that's yeah. crazy maybe that's not a healthy trait to have nah, but, I, but i think hey we'll see man when the movie comes out i think as an athlete it's fucking great to have um fucking documentary yeah, direct rock by. paper scissors balls. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's actually a great title. Let's <laughs> not tell that. Oh, all right, all right. Um, all right, Cody. So last thing we got for you, because we're dragging on here, is uh, just leave us the. I mean, you gave a lot of fucking great advice, honestly, throughout this whole shit. And if you are motivated to go be great after this, I mean, you should just get the fuck out of here. Like, what it? are you even doing, man? Like, come on. This dude has gave you everything and more. Listen back twice. And if you're still Listen sitting at home thinking I don't want to be great, I don't want to put in the you're hard work. You're crazy. But uh, please leave our, our audience with just some the most important words of advice that you could, you've you um, encountered in your life. And like you like if somebody opened a fortune cookie sponsored by you, what would it say? 
We didn't just make up the fortune cookie thing. Someone has been said nothing. Yeah, it's but like it looks the real question: Do you guys eat the fortune cookies? I don't eat it. I don't I eat them. The, you don't eat it. I think it costs like a cent. I eat half of it and then read the fortune and eat the other half. Dude, I literally That's think I've been eating the fortune cookie in years. I I order a lot. You guys don't know how to work. Oh, they taste. They they taste like plastic. They do taste like, but I probably shouldn't be eating them. They probably have COVID. That's fucked up. I'm just in it for crushing the bag. Your, your fortune What I used to do positive. as a dickhead when my parents would order Chinese food, I would crush all the fortune cookies and keep them in their bag so I could read which one had the best fortune. Like, I was mine. I always picked the one that had my number, you know? Oh, the lucky number know, shit? Yeah, yeah, If it didn't, I was like, nah. That's crazy. Bad. So we crack your fortune cookie and, and pop the seal. Okay. Uh, it be a quote. You, you make up yourself or one you live by that helps you. It could be three words, three sentences. I, I, li- I live by this quote and it's, it's been a quote that's been keeping me going since a young, young kid. But the quote is, uh, I come as one, but I stand as 10,000. And so what that means is, is every opportunity, every challenge, every struggle, every tough time you go through, it's you versus the struggle, you versus the opportunity. It's you versus every glory you got, every loss you have, you know. But behind that, to get to that stage, to get to that level, it's the help from your family, your coaches, your mentors, your friends, your teammates. So you're not only representing yourself. You're representing, quote unquote, 10,000 people behind you. And then that that's what I always try to say. And so... I never make a decision for myself. I always try to make a decision for my family. And and that's the Man. quote I live by. So I, if, if someone offered me a blunt at a party, no. I yeah. said like, so it is me versus this blunt. <laughs> 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 but like, hey, preach, brother. But, like, <laughs> but the family that's behind me, my coaches, my teammates, like all the hard work that I put in, like how, what would they think? Exactly. And when you, when you keep that phrase in your mind, it's like, all right, I got to say no. Or, right. You know, I don't want to say that's, I don't think a guilty conscious is bad. I think it's good. Yeah. And it's also works in a good way. So when you, when I, the first time I walked out into, you know, seeing thousands of fans, like, wow, that's crazy. But like, this is because I had the help from my mom, my dad, my brother, my coaches, my friends, my teammates, you know, I didn't get here by myself. And that, that that's the phrase that keeps me going, you know? Beautiful. I think the moment you don't think about the repercussions of your actions, a little bit fucked. I was like, "Eh, fuck it, I'm gonna hit this. What's the worst I could do? Oh, I'm gonna get fucked up tonight. No, I got practice tomorrow. What's the worst I could do? Yeah, man, you can't be thinking like that. It's a slippery slope. If not now, when? Right. And if you keep if you keep your people in the back of your mind, man, I think that really does help you navigate things. Yeah. You know, I think it's all right to be selfish. Like I'm doing this for me and me alone. But at the end of the day, like you're talking about, like you represent all these people, whether you really think about whether it. Whether you want to accept it or not, it's the truth. Yeah. I, 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 if it's cool, I want to share a story. So, yeah. rip. Um, when I first signed in Brazil, I had to get my, get my visa, obviously. And the first time I, I was missing some paperwork and I failed. I couldn't get my visa. And in Brazil, you only have two tries. If you fail the second time, you have to, you have to leave the country. Mm. And so I failed the first time. And I remember calling my mom. And I said, I'm done. Like, I'm quitting. I'm done. I even enrolled into the Ohio State University for public speaking. Like, I had, I had enrolled into fall classes because I was done. Damn. And this was when I was, like, 20. And my mom, being my mom, she's like, I'll love you for who you are. You know, do what you want. But it's a true story. My, my grandma, 
she she passed away when I was born. And, and the last words she said to me were, make me proud. And she told me about that. And so, uh, I, you know, I obviously couldn't give up. And that's right. what kind of kept me going. So I, I always work from love, you know. Damn. That's beautiful, man. We got so much beautiful things to give away, man. It's just like, like Harry said, if y'all listen to this and you're not inspired, be motivated to throw yourself away. You got it. Yeah, get out of here, I'm, man. You are just trash. Come on, I'm, man. I'm glad you though you touched up on the fact though, like one, you got to be willing to work hard for something you want, and two, just because you work hard doesn't guarantee it's gonna happen. And yeah, three, absolutely. it comes from love. Man, keep that shit close to you. And but remember, love when there where there's love, there is hate. He's loved in Brazil. <laughs> God, are you fucking hate with all the no death threats you saw that. on your fucking phone in different languages? Yeah, you don't got you don't got no control. And over if that. you have death threats towards me and how I spoke on today's podcast, message me and I'll tell you thanks for the view. <laughs> Man, and also if you want to check out Cody's book, where can they find that? It's uh yeah available on Amazon. It's you can search "I'm with you" or "Kotaro made on Google." It goes towards a good cause. Don't think he's just putting your hardworking money in his pocket. United Way. United Way. Support everybody. Support low income families. Support Coda. He's out here doing his thing, living his dream. Don't be racist. Don't be racist. And I want to say thank you to you guys for for giving me this opportunity. (laughs) Dude, you know it. Thank you for coming on. All our pleasure, man. You know this. It's my brother right here. Um. Any last things we want to say before we close out this bitch? You know what I'm saying? I mean, <laughs> I'm going like to keep it clean and PG yeah. here. Um, Beautiful. Stop Asian hate. <sighs> Word. Thanks, Harry. I'm here for you. Drew filmed this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Catch us next time. <laughs> We're out. <laughs> Jesus.